There's a reason I joined the She Angels Foundation. She Angels gives grants to female-founded nonprofit organizations that provide mentorship, funding, and resources to a diverse portfolio of women and girls' causes. Together, we can make an exponentially bigger impact, enabling greater diversity and creating a significant and collaborative philanthropic force. Become a part of our movement by joining the She Angels Foundation's Collective Giving Membership. Your membership is an annual, fully tax-deductible contribution. Just go to sheangelsfoundation.org. That's sheangelsfoundation.org. Give back to women. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. As a midlife transition coach, I hear about imposter syndrome from my clients a lot, like a whole lot. Whether I'm coaching someone in business or in life, this imposter syndrome thing comes up repeatedly, like all the time. Imposter syndrome can be traced back to 1978 when psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes introduced the term. Back then, it's interesting to know that they didn't label it as a syndrome, but rather as a phenomenon. Dr. Clance came from the Appalachian region of Virginia, and she was the youngest of six kids. Despite her academic triumphs and merits, she struggled with debilitating self-doubt. This self-doubt resonated with so many of her female students. So she collaborated with Dr. Eames, who shared a similar story of self-doubt, and they interviewed other successful women to see what they could find. In a 1978 study, they found two distinct family dynamic patterns that often brought on imposter syndrome. In the first pattern, women grew up overshadowed by siblings who were the smart ones in the family, while they were known as the sensitive ones or the social ones. In the second pattern, women were super high functioning and successful in every way growing up, and they were able to achieve perfection with ease. But later, the illusion was shattered as they encountered normal limitations and setbacks leading to imposter feelings. So imposter syndrome, it turns out, is not a psychiatric condition. It's just a common experience. It's commonly associated with high-achieving women, but I've seen it most in midlife women, whether they're successful by society's terms or not. You've been told repeatedly, you have a weakness, a disease of sorts. You have a syndrome where you believe that you don't have what it takes. It turns out imposter syndrome is not a syndrome at all. And it kind of makes sense that imposter syndrome is not even real, that whole believing that you're a fraud, because you, my dear, are a category of one. That's right, you are in a category of one. There is no one else like you. No one has your juice. No one has the specialness that only you own. 
So it's impossible for you to be an imposter because there's no one like you. So then what is this feeling? This feeling of being the imposter? It's fear. Plain and simple. When we are trying or even thinking about trying to move out of our comfort zone, we feel that fear. What if I fail? What if I make a fool out of myself? The thing we should really be afraid of is the comfort zone. That is something we should really fear. Your comfort zone is a bad place for you. Your comfort zone is where you are not progressing, not growing, and not changing. And when human beings are not progressing and growing and changing, they get depressed and they die. And I'm being serious with you. Your comfort zone is not a good place. We should actually not even call it a comfort zone. We should call it the dead zone because that's what it is. You're actively dying versus actively living. When you're feeling that imposter syndrome feeling, it's because you've stepped out of that dead zone, out of that comfort zone, and now you're moving into the discomfort zone. The discomfort zone is where all the magic lies, all the adventure, the unknown. The discomfort zone is where you start trying new things, learning new things, and being afraid and doing it anyway. If you live your life in the comfort zone, nothing will ever change. If you live your life in fear, nothing will change. The only thing that will change your life is going into the discomfort zone, and the discomfort zone is going to convince you that you're an imposter while you're doing it, a fraud. It's going to bring up that fear. It's going to tell you things like, who do you think you are? What qualifies you to do this? You're too old. You just need to accept what you have. Why can't you be grateful and stop wanting more? You made your bed. All that stuff. Did you ever feel like you missed the memo on navigating midlife? Me too. I realized there's so many parts of midlife no one talks about. That's why I created the Empowered Midlife Playbook. Who doesn't want a guidebook for midlife? Truthfully, it's what I wish I always had. The Empowered Midlife Playbook is a no-nonsense, hilariously honest journey into midlife, tailor-made for warrior women like you who are ready to take control and redefine midlife. It's an eight-episode private podcast series with me that covers everything from redefining success post-40 to embracing empty nesting and the physical and emotional changes with a healthy dose of humor. It even comes with its own workbook. Each episode is empowering you to navigate midlife with confidence. You'll learn how to set boundaries with style, ditch guilt and shame, and prioritize yourself in ways you never thought possible. So if you're ready to turn midlife into your most empowering era, this playbook is for you. Let's transform midlife together. This is not our mother's midlife. It's time for an empowered midlife. And this is all for you for free. Just click the link in my bio. Let me tell you about a few times in my life where this discomfort zone led to magic. When I started my podcast at age 49, I had such mind fuckery. I thought, who was going to be listening to this podcast? I didn't even know where the podcast was on my phone. I was afraid to fail. I felt like an imposter, but something in me made me do it anyway. And by the way, I did fail. 
There were a couple episodes I messed up completely. I didn't hit record one time. One time it didn't have sound. I had to go back to the people, record again. Yes, there were failures along the way, but those failures were the data I needed so that I could learn how to actually become a great podcaster and host. I had to learn to be successful at podcasting. I also decided to leave that dead zone or my quote unquote comfort zone as we know it when I became a coach. Now, I don't have to tell you how many life coaches there are out there. I mean, you already know this. You already know that there are like a hundred billion zillion life coaches everywhere. And God bless America that there is because people have never needed it more than in this time, but I digress. But at the time, a couple years ago, when I was deciding to be a coach, when I went through absolute mindfuckery, I felt like an imposter. I thought, there's too many coaches. I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing. What makes me qualified to do this? Who do I think I am? And why would anyone hire me to coach them? What's so great about me that I could even show anybody how to do anything better? And even after this, when I was in the middle of my certification to become a coach, and I'll never forget this, I was on the beach with my friend Stacy, and I was still really feeling like I'm not a coach. Like I just said it so many times to so many people. People would say, oh, Liz, you should be a coach. I'd say, I'm not a coach. I'd said it so many times, I'm not a coach, that my body just agreed with me. And I started to really believe it. So we went down to the beach, Stacy and I, and she made me write, I'm not a coach in the sand. And in that moment, a giant wave came and washed that saying away. And I thought, yeah, I'm done thinking that. I'm done believing that and I'm not saying that anymore. And all these years later, I am a coach and a damn good one. One that loves what she does and makes a lot of money doing it. All this to say that if you're using imposter syndrome as an excuse, you're out of luck. There is no such thing. There is no syndrome. All these feelings, these feelings of the imposter and being a fraud, it's a sign. It's a sign you want more. It's a sign you want to change and become something different. It's a sign you're going big. It's a sign that you're in the discomfort zone where you belong as a powerhouse woman. I see too many women give up when they feel imposter syndrome. You don't have a syndrome. You have a golden invitation to rise up, to rise up to your purpose, rise up to your calling, rise up to the next version of you. So rise up, warrior woman. The world and I are waiting. Love you, warriors.